Did you like the title that I made? It's very good. Patriarchy is a pyramid scheme. (laughs) It really is. It is. It is. This is like the first episode. Uno. Wait, in my brain, it's annoying to me. This has nothing to do with anything that number one is considered the first number when zero is the first number. But I'm going to stop. That explains a lot about how you number things on this. uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It is. <laughs> this is very true. It is, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Who are we and why are we doing this? Ladies first, because I'm like, who the fuck am I? Who the fuck am I? Well, I'm Seema and I'm accompanied by my cat, Miles, who I'm just keeping an eye on so he doesn't ruin your mic cords. And um, why are we doing this? I'm doing this because... The milk's gone bad. (laughs) The milk has gone bad. Because I think that I've struggled with understanding a lot of things in life. I mean, this particular episode will crack into the biggest of them all. And it's nice to have someone to talk to about it. That's all. Man, there should be a service for just being able to talk to people. Yeah. You just got to, like, think through some shit. Like... I think it's kind of hard to do it on your own. There might be an app for that that I could start. Also, a service called Therapists. Yeah. (laughs) There's, wait, I can't remember what publication I read it. It was some country in Africa, because Africa's a continent, people. Just want to remind everyone. In case you forgot. Yeah, it's pretty wild how that just seems to blow people's minds. There was this essentially like this community type therapy group that sparked up because there's such few therapists. Okay. Like the ratio was like one therapist, like a million people. Wow. Like the numbers were just what? Mm -hmm. And so it's like therapist training just everyday people on, I guess like basic therapy techniques or things like that. Mm -hmm. And it was really, really good. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find that article. Okay. Who am I? My name is V. It's just a letter. <laughs> it doesn't stand for anything or mean anything, which is like the most amazing thing to me. I like churros. But not red velvet ones. No, just give me we the, a regular tonight. churro, a OG original churro. Like, yeah. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. Fair. We're good. That's fair. And why am I doing this? Because the first thing that comes to mind is... To help me. Mm -hmm. So it's like similar being able to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. And then my, what is it? Challenges with feeling, what's the word? Feeling comfortable? Yeah. I think that's another thing. Just comfortable in general. Yeah. Fascinating. And then the last thing is... Anytime I feel I have like a fear-based reaction or fear-based reactions or make fear-based decisions, once I'm able to recognize it, I immediately am like, no, 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 no. You got to go back and face that and like sit in it and recognize that you can go through discomfort and be fine. And actually know that like discomfort is a thing. Like it's, it's, you should probably should feel it. So snaps to that. So the podcast in general is a way for you to sit in some discomfort. Yeah. I love that. That's a really great reason to do this. And hopefully it can make me cry. Oh, (laughs) see, I still take that as like a personal challenge. (laughs) So yeah, I guess we'll see. 
So today's episode is about patriarchy. Patriarchy is a pyramid scheme. Patriarchy <laughs> is a pyramid scheme. What are those, uh, the things that... Avon? Yeah, like, oh, there's an acronym. I generally do not like acronyms because I feel <laughs> like they don't actually make communication easier. Right. Because then I'm like, what, is, what does that mean? Unless you're in the know. Yeah. If you know what they mean, we We are on. Oh, um... MLM, multi-level marketing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what patriarchy is. Absolutely. It sure really is. Because it serves few, but it creates a, a system for many. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ones who created it are the ones who ultimately benefit the most, but they convince you that it's going to benefit all of us. Yes. I personally don't think anyone benefits from it, even the people at the Tippy top. top. I would agree. I mean, well, it's a, I mean, yes, they think they're benefiting because they're getting the most money and the most privilege. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I agree that it doesn't necessarily benefit all of us, which I think is kind of why we wanted to talk about it today. Because I think if you can really see it for what it is, you realize that it does not benefit anybody. She's stupid. Which is why it's a scheme. It's the root of all evil. Amen. No one will be able to convince me otherwise currently. So we should um, define it for our people listening. I kept thinking about how to define it. Yeah. And so far, my working definition is a set of rules and behaviors from a time that didn't allow like more free expression and thought. Wow. Okay. And that's the thing that's been sticking the most. Interesting. I actually like wrote down maybe like 20 different. Really? (laughs) And that, and I kept like looking at them to figure out like, what's the, I'm like, oh, that's what it feels like. It feels patriarchy immediately makes me think of religion. Well, yeah. I mean, there's deep ties there. Yeah. There's deep ties there, which we can get into. I'm a nerd. So I actually just looked it up. Nice. Cause I was like, I don't know how to describe it. (laughs) Um, I love language and you and I talk about language a lot and the word patriarchal is actually meant to define the lineage on your father's side. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Right. Like, ma- so matriarchal society is one that's ruled by women. The matriarchy is your, is your maternal lineage. Mm-hmm. And so it's rooted in that. Obviously the root word of that is coming from, you know, the men and father paternalism. And so the patriarchy is a system that is governed by and for men and largely excludes women. Makes sense. Which is, yeah. The world. I read, yeah, which is the world. <laughs> Society. And I think was driven by like pack, what I call packaged religion. I think it really stemmed from packaged religion. Because if we really wanted to go deep, we could talk about indigenous yeah. ways of living or you know, areas that operate, and I think of India specifically, how they operated before they were colonized. Um, Had hella gods. Hella gods, balance between masculine and feminine gods. Yeah. I was just reading something the other day, you know, the sari, the outfit that Indian women Mm -hmm. wear, it's one long piece of fabric. We never wore blouses with those until after India was colonized. Makes sense. Because breasts and being topless was not sexualized yeah. before the British came in and That's like damn us. near everywhere. There's so many images or there's so much imagery from 
times like pre-colonization and people just naked. Yeah, I can agree. So there y'all go, folks. That's what patriarchy is. (laughs) (laughs) Bang. And I wish I would have brought my, I don't have my copy of All About Love anymore. I mean, Bell Hooks kind of goes along that same line where it's not just patriarchy. It's what it shits like colonized, oppressive, patriarchal systems. Mm -hmm. It's not a siloed thing in her perspective. So anyway. It makes sense. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I wouldn't see it as siloed, especially today. Yeah. Exactly. It permeates everything. Everything. And it's fucking annoying. (laughs) (laughs) It just be so like, oh, God, stop, please. Yes. Why? Why do I have to use more time to try and not be this way? Yes. It's all annoying. It all comes back to that. So wait, I'm going to take the next question, which is how did we come to learn and understand what it is? Because I actually think that your response to it is almost the quote unquote more important one because you're a man. And I think that it's rare to hear the male perspective on it. So I think we can like, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you for me, I came to learn about it because that's, it's been my entire life. I grew up in a very traditional Indian household. We would have like religious men come over and do these prayers. We would invite a bunch of other families over and the women would have to sit downstairs in the basement so that Wait, the religious what? men, yeah, so that the religious men That's wouldn't wow. see us because they couldn't be tempted by women, so they weren't allowed to. Wait, hold on, what the temptation got to do with you? That I'm saying this is the, oh <laughs> this shit runs deep, frustrating, deep. Here's the crazy part: they couldn't eat food cooked by women. They couldn't sit on. We'd lay these sheets down, and they couldn't. Like my dad would have to do the laundry and lay these sheets down for them to sit on. They couldn't touch things that women had touched. They couldn't see us. It's like y'all got Ebola or something. Exactly. Like, what? That's like how you're we radioactive. Yes. That's bonkers. So there was that part, religion. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then there was the part where the women in my family were just always subservient to the men, both in their actions and how they took care of men, but also they couldn't speak their minds generally, because if they did, they would get abused in some form, physically or emotionally, and sometimes both. I sort of came out the womb believing that I was subpar, that I was not as valuable as men. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, in my culture, we had, used to have at least dowries where, mm-hmm. you know, the bride's yeah. families would have to come up with a, a lot of money or animals or gold or whatever to pay. Shout out to Bridgerton. Exactly. Like. Exactly. So anyway, I could go on and on and on. But like I said, I actually think that you as a man understanding and coming to understand what patriarchy is is a much more interesting response. I'm like, uh oh, is it interesting? I'm trying to think of all the things that happened that up until the point to where I feel like I was very, very consciously aware of the feeling, the actions, the environment, the situation, and then the word. For the longest, I didn't have the word mm-hmm. to be able to name the entity of like, oh, patriarchy. Like, oh, that's what that is. I think the first thing that comes to mind is, I think we were talking about it earlier. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Zoe Saldana's husband taking her last name Mm -hmm. when they got married Mm -hmm. and talking about it with a group of friends. Like, I remember I didn't bring it up, but a group of friends, all men, and the reactions were so visceral 
Like you would have thought that like somebody somehow their livelihoods were impacted by this man doing this thing with his now wife. Yeah. And me being me, I just kept asking why. Like, why are you so upset? Or like, why is this so deeply painful for you or whatever the emotion is but then there was generally just like anger rage the reaction was like very very fiery and someone's just like oh but man like how how his dad feel like oh, i bet his dad wow. feel like some type of way because his name is gone and to me it made me then start thinking about legacies and even like ph- philanthropy and like the corruptness of that. And then I immediately just start thinking like episode right there. Carnegie's and Rockefeller's and stuff like that. I'm like, well, there's ways if you want your name to be around, go build some stuff. Like, I don't know, like pay for a freeway. Like, right. If you want something with your life, yeah. is basically what you're saying. <laughs> there was just like this, this really annoying thing to where, it was like somehow like your name meant all this stuff. Mm. Not anything that you even did mm-hmm. for your name to mean anything. Right. Like, but just for some reason, just because like it was your dad's and his dad's and just all dad's. Yeah. That like it, it carried this monumental importance. The paternal lineage. Yeah. And then I started thinking more and more about my relationships specifically with men and how to me it's always felt challenging to have like really close or like emotionally deep relationships with men Mm. i started looking at my relationships with women and i'm like oh i have a lot of relationships with women that i'm just friends with and even like the word friend is annoying to me because a lot of times i think most of the time it doesn't properly convey yeah like the connection And I think then finding someone and being in a relationship, partnership that's romantic and then that ending and the like abruptness of it. And then knowing that like I did not have the tools to be able to navigate it, to navigate like, oh, okay, this is what you can do or people to talk to about it where it wasn't going to be them saying negative things about the person Mm. Mm. where it was like, you think this is going to help me somehow. Like Mm -hmm. you're coming from this bizarre place of care, but (laughs) like you're just bashing on this person who I actually still really care about. Yeah. Yeah. I know like it didn't work out how I wanted it to, but I don't need you to say anything mean about it because like, I don't feel that like, trust me when I hit my anger stage, then yeah, I'll I'll call you. Right. But you were feeling other things and you wanted to be able to understand process, move through those things. I had without being forced to move straight to anger. Yeah. Like I had no clue and it made me think a lot about our time together Mm. and how, With this woman. Yeah, like so many of the things I would hold them because I was so afraid of like, oh my God, I don't know how to let this be shown without this shit coming out as an explosion with anger or rage. And you realize that you recognize that in hindsight, that there were those moments? No, I recognize them in real time. Okay. Uh, Went out one time and I remember like a dude... 
ask for information or something like that. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, chill. Ain't no big deal. And I remember originally seeing, like, I saw it all happened. And I know in the past, there was a thing with like me interacting with other women. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about these people. <laughs> like most yeah. of the time I'm like giving them my fake Instagram accounts. Right. So, like, <laughs> so like whatever. But or even if I did, I thought it was always clear, like, no, you yeah. are the only person in the universe. And then I saw the interaction and went from like a oh no, like cool. And then I remember seeing my partner at the time, like walking and then stopping back to the dude and like talking and included like exchange info. Oh, wow. And I like the like anger just kicked in immediately. Mm, mm. And then it was like this jealousy thing that kicked in. Yeah. And then there was like this immediate thing in my head where I'm like, okay, there's no need for you to reason for you to feel jealous. Yeah. I'm like, but, but no, but in my brain, I was taught as a man, like, this is not what you do and blah, 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 blah. And so it just started building up. Wow. And I remember going like, yo, can we go? Like, I got to bounce. And I remember we like argued for a moment, like going back to the car. And I remember the entire time just, trying to like walk ahead it didn't even become about like the situation anymore yeah it was now i was angry with myself for like not being able to explain like how it affected me oh which kind of feels like a little bit of because i think that's how i used to be because i inherited my father's anger i would bet my life i mean he'll never i think be able to say this but i would bet my life that his anger came from a similar place as yours, which is a frustration about not being able to just Mm -hmm. talk about how you really felt. And I remember when I first started having similar like bouts of anger, that it felt like I was helpless and powerless. Yes. Because I didn't have the tools to understand what I really felt. I didn't even know that I did feel something else. I think I had an, like an inkling that like, I don't think I'm angry. Yeah. You are so, but I'm so fucking yeah. angry. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's the only thing that you know, or not aware of. Know. And I know for me growing up outside of my OG, my grandma, I rarely felt nope. And I will also say my uncle Todd, he died a while ago, but those are the two people that I think in my life, I ever felt a remote sense of like complete, protection, safety, comfort. Like Mm. when I think of the idea of unconditional love, for whatever reason, those two, I felt that from them. And I will say one of my uh, brothers, like best friend, Corey, he died a while ago as well. And he was the other person. Mm. So there were like roughly three people that I ever felt this sense of like, I can be whoever I am in the moment. Mm -hmm. And they are going to love me. Mm-hmm. It never felt like, oh, you doing this shit, V. Oh, I can't fuck with you. It was like, I love you, but that was stupid. Mm-hmm. And, or So I remember like having all those emotions and things come up. And annoyingly, I'm like, oh, I'll go to therapy. I talk about my shit. And when that moment was happening, it no longer was about what I witnessed. Right. It was purely about like I am 
feeling shit and I don't know how to say it to yeah. you to where you can actually hear me and yes. see me. Yes. It was just like, you did this thing. And then I remember I just started getting quiet. Yeah. And to me, you know, I'm angry if I'm quiet. Yeah. If I get quiet, it's like, okay, he's thinking about how he's going to do whatever yeah. thing. And the entire time I remember we were driving back home and even like saying it out loud, I'm just like, so I'm embarrassed of myself. It's still, I'm also proud of myself right now to be able to say it. Cause yeah. I'm like, fuck it. This, yeah. is, this is who I am. I learned, I ain't doing that shit again. Yeah. But I remember in the car and driving back and it was pretty quiet for the most part. And I was trying to call someone and be like, yo, I'm going to get out. Can you just come pick me up? Mm. And Two of the people I called, they kept giving me like this runaround. And then this other thing popped up to where I'm like, yo, I'm the person y'all call when y'all need anything at yeah. any time. And like, wait, what? Like, yeah. you just can't, like, I just need someone else because I was so afraid of her seeing me like that. Mm, wow. I was just like, so like, oh my God, like if she sees me like this, this is it. Like, yeah. I'm going to lose this relationship with this person I've, I've come to love so deeply and means so much to me that like was becoming my best friend. Yeah. So it started this crazy loop happening in my head. I remember I hit the dashboard. Just like let me out of the car. Yeah. And I remember while that was happening, every time I just kept feeling more and more shame and like guilt yeah. and more fear. And it just kept like feeding into it. Mm. And then I finally like got out and I just like pretty much like walked all the way yeah. back home. Yeah. And I remember I just got in the car, drove off fast. And I remember bawling, crying the entire way home. Yeah. Just like, oh my God. And I think that was like a really crucial moment in life for me to go like, this shit, this fucking yeah. patriarchy thing. Because wow. if this shit wasn't around or I wasn't told if a woman does these things, then that means this, like everything about it. And just like hit you. Yeah. It just all just hit me. And even when asking, just like, well, I told you how, like, I might feel sometimes like if you talk to a woman or exchange info for a woman, I said that like, I would move differently. Yeah. And in my mind, like, I don't necessarily know if I don't agree with that. Like, just because you doing something and if I don't like it, don't mean I'm going to end up doing it. Yeah. But it was a thing to where I'm like, I can understand what you're saying. Yeah. And it was just all these things to where it still just came down to me. I realized, like, I do not know how to articulate my emotions. Yeah. And I also don't know how to set a boundary or it like explain the thing to yes. someone. Yes. So it like became like a thing about emotions and feelings and then also articulating what I do and don't like. Yes. This is a huge thing. We're going to pause it real quick. Sir. Okay. We're back. We have the food. We've let the cat back out. I wanted to pause because I feel like you, the story you just told hits on, I think the biggest part of the patriarchy that stifles us. And it's the idea that, None of us actually know how to even identify our feelings or label them. And when we don't know how to do that, we act from our animal brain. And our animal brain is fight or flight. Yeah, it's pure primal survival. (laughs) And you did both. You fought and then you tried to fly. And I've been there. (laughs) 
It was funny. I was imagining my own fight with my ex-husband where I was so mad that I just was like, get me out of the car. And I got out of the car on Venice Boulevard and was just like, I'll figure out how to get home all by myself. And I got this shit. Yeah. And I couldn't even tell you what was wrong that night. Looking back on it, I have no idea what was wrong. But Bell Hooks said something. I'm going to quote Bell Hooks way too much throughout all this. Yo, but she, she's on. Look she's it. the OG. She um, gets it. She has a quote that says something along the lines of she studied theory because she needed to make sense of the world around her. And I think that's what feelings, being able to label our feelings does. It helps us make sense of things that feel really chaotic. So that's dope. And so then obviously the inability to articulate our feelings is one way that we know the patriarchy exists. Are there other ways that you've felt the impacts of it? Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, what's the order in which the impact was felt in my brain? Like, shit, let me go down the list. alphabetically, yeah, how do we like, want these? Right. The first thing I think is, like, rules of engagement. It goes down to, like, how I interact. and With anyone. Yeah. So if I think with other men, I think the people I considered family, because just because I'm born into this group, you mean, that mean you're my family. Like, yeah. No, 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 no. We relatives. So don't be my family. Like... <laughs> I can't remember who it was. I had like a video of my like birthday and my uncles and like everyone. It was like a bunch of men all together. And for a reason, I took a video. And then I looked back at the video and a friend happened to be looking at it with me. And they were like, yo, if I didn't know you, it would look like y'all all hated each other. Wow. And I was like, wait, what? A group of men. He's like, look at how, do the pronouns right, they said, look at how intense you all are with each other. And it was like something sports, of course. And when I went back and played it again, I'm like, oh my God, it does look like at any point in time, a fight could break out. Wow. It was fascinating to me because that's all I knew. Mm. That was normal to me. Mm -hmm. So at times I think about when I would interact with people not in that circle, yeah. I completely understand now. They were like, nah, man, you intense. Or like, why are you so aggressive? Or no. like, you're so animated. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm just talking mad regular to you. Yeah. Or, and yeah. when you say that's all you knew, you mean the idea that when you're around that group of men, you show up with a level of seriousness. There's yeah. no joy. There's no letting loose. There's no. Well, even that, like even the joy and letting loose, it just looks so amped up. Wow. Like none of it is just like. Charged. It's all charged. Yeah. It's not just like, ha ha ha. It's like, like it just, there's volcanic eruptions just constantly happening. Wow. And it's loud. It's just like, I think even playing dominoes, like. I think like every black person knows when you say bones, they're immediately thinking of like slapping a table really hard. <laughs> it's like all this imagery and the examples were constantly that. Yep. Yeah. And so that's the first thing I think of is just like the way I would then I engage with people. Yeah. Then the other thing would be my interactions with women. Okay. Because I was predominantly raised by women. Yeah. So there was always a thing to me to where I think like, yeah, my, my dad would say other people are like, oh, he's so sensitive. 
later now knowing in life that I'm autistic. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> like there was something to it, fuckers. Mm-hmm. But um, love y'all. Uh, <laughs> but there was a thing to where, again, going back to my grandma, OG, there was a way in which she cursed like a sailor. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I love profanity is because of her. Right. And there was also still like she could say something that has so much fire in it, but it had so much love behind it as well. Mm. Like, even if she said something that was objectively mean, you still knew, mm. like, grandmama loved me. Like, yeah. It's still somehow. And um, so it became a thing to where it was challenging for me to know internally that, like, if I liked a woman or had any of those feelings towards a woman, all the examples again said, oh, you got to, like, be mean to her on the playground mm. or what's the shit that those dudes be teaching people on like how to talk to women. Uh, it's like, you're supposed to like be me nagging. I think it is. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I, I think that's know. the name of it, but like stuff like that. Yeah. And Basically that like women love mean men. Yeah. It's like, you got, or you got, you got to be the bad boy. Right. Nice guys. Because the nice guys last. don't win. Yeah. yeah don't like, get friend zoned. Yeah. So like, what the fuck? Like, right. Like we're literally incentivizing Bad behavior. Yeah. And, and to me, I go like harm. Yeah. Like different types of yeah. harm. Yeah. And those things, it just kept constantly coming up for me. Like it's impacting every part of my life. Mm-hmm. And then looking at myself to be like, damn, do I need to like get buffer and do I'm like, wait, hold on. Wow. And I feel fortunate enough for whatever reason to have this thing in my body brain spirit that at times would always go like look homie you don't rock with this so why the fuck you doing it you listen to a voice that was deeper than what everything outside of you yeah so we just kind of go like you didn't always been called the weird one so like what's why you keep rocking yeah like (laughs) you made it this far this way so yeah and then it's like you've had relationships and things like that and yeah if you want to talk to someone you go and ask if you can talk like so it's not a problem so like why are you doing this thing yeah and then i think the last thing that always sticks out to me and i think it's the thing that gets overlooked is being ostracized oh interesting because you chose not to necessarily follow the norms of traditional masculinity which is a result of patriarchy yeah it became a thing to where even like currently i think okay if something comes up and it's my time to speak am i going to say the thing that i believe to be Mm. not even just true yeah that's real to me. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I feel like real and true are just different to me. I agree. But like my core values, the things that like yeah. mean like, no, I'm not compromising on this. Mm-hmm. And that is something at least twice a day I run into, especially yeah. around other men. Yeah. Because it's just like, damn, I got to be the one in this damn chat again to say this yeah. or I got to call this out. how do you make the out? decision I to usually, say something or not? For me, I just always think about like, is this going to be like one of those ruminating thoughts in my mind? Oh, wow. So you're like, if I can get over this in a couple hours, it's not worth saying it. But if I think I'm going to sit on it and swirl on it, I should say something. Yeah, to a certain extent. But it's more so if I'm going to like think about this for a few hours, then it wasn't like as high Mm -hmm. on the, I guess, like Richter scale. Yeah. But if I know this, like, I'm going to keep coming back to this shit, that makes me immediately jump to it. If it's something like, uh, that's where I really think about it. 
Okay, so what I'm hearing is, that's a therapy lesson. (laughs) What I'm hearing is, it's almost like the more you untangle yourself from the expectations of this patriarchal system, the clearer you are about who you truly are. Yes. The clearer you are about yourself and the most authentic version of you. Because the patriarchal version of you would not have you saying anything to your guy. No, it would just be like, oh, okay. Right. Like, so it's I, like the biggest way to detach from that system is actually to just get more in touch with who you really are. Yes. And it's the, I'm like, I'm thinking of like heartbreak or things of that nature and being able to look and go like patriarchy did not set me up for how to handle this. Yeah, yeah. And it did not set me up in ways to, I ain't taking all the responsibility, but I will take my part to be like, oh, it didn't set me up to be able to speak to shit to where there could be a, I don't even think it's just like vulnerability. It's like quality communication. Yes. Yes. Which is huge. And I think from the female perspective or, you know, a woman's perspective, or I will just say Seema's perspective, because I won't speak on on behalf of all women, but the impact of patriarchy on me was the flip of everything that you said. So it did make me feel like I needed to be subservient. It did make me think that the loudest man in the room was the most attractive man in the room. Thankfully I'm a nerd. So I very quickly realized that I just prefer nerds to the loudest. (laughs) Um, But it made me think that I needed to show up in a very certain way to be liked by men. And the older I've gotten, the more that I've decided that, I'm going to just say what's on my mind. And again, similar to you, be who I really am, regardless of what other people think. The more men tend to look at me a little sideways and women too, because they're like, why are you acting like that? Because that's who I really feel I am. This is coming from the deepest part of me. And the number of times I've had men and women both look at me and be like, but that's just how things work. Like if a man does me wrong. Oh my God, that shit is so frustrating. The number of times women will be like, well, that's just how men are. And I'm like, why are we okay with that? Why are we okay with them being that way and the expectation that we just need to be okay with it? None of that is okay to me. I think of abuse. Yeah. (laughs) It's like at a certain point, you kind of, it's training. Yes. It's abusive training. It's yes. like you just get beat into just saying. That's what the patriarchy is. Fuck, I'm just going to take it then. Yeah. Like, I think any evil is like that. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a story real quick that I learned when I started learning about cognitive behavioral therapy. There's a story of an elephant that was taken into captivity and it was a baby elephant. So a chain was put around the elephant and attached the elephant's leg and attached to a stake that was nailed in the ground. As the elephant got older and bigger and stronger, the chain around his leg was adjusted, obviously, to stay around his leg. But the stake in the ground was the same tiny-ass little stake that it was when he was a baby. But he had been conditioned to believe that he could not pull that stake out of the ground now that he was a grown-ass elephant. And so... He stayed attached to that stake and he stayed in the hands of his holders instead of realizing that if he just lifted up his leg, that elephant could go wherever the fuck he wanted. That (laughs) shit. Oh, my God. And that to me exemplifies everyone in my life who has ever looked at me and said, but that's just the way it is. No, actually, it's not. We're all grown now. Yeah. And we can actually, like you, 
say, I'd like to learn how to articulate my feelings because it's too painful being angry all the time. Or like me say, I'm going to be who I want to be, even if it means telling a man that he ain't shit. Because you ain't shit. Because he ain't shit. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about like how it like affects those we love. Right. Okay. So because you talked about your friends, you talked about some of your family members. So how have you seen... Obviously, we've talked about how it impacts us. But how have you seen it impact the people that you love? I can spot the performances happening. Oh, say more. Damn. Everybody's performing. Yeah. Because. That's life. Yeah, it's just what it is. And not saying that that it's like good or bad. It's just like it is what it is. Because I can think of me to where I know that people expect a certain thing from me if I get into certain spaces. And if I don't do that. It's like, what People is going on? Are, are you okay? What's happening? I'm just, I just don't feel like fucking being loud. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I don't have any jokes for you right now. Mm-hmm. When I think about seeing how it's affected those that I love, I, yeah, the performance part comes to mind because then I start thinking about the idea that like, if I'm at certain people's houses and like food comes out, the women go make a plate for everybody. Mm, wow. And in my mind... I'm like, I'm lazy, so thank you. But <laughs> I'm lazy. It's so a thing you. where I'm like, I can go, like everybody in here can go do this. Yeah, It makes these little things. And to me, I love details. Mm. And I, I personally think all the real painful shit or beautiful shit happens in the little moments. Mm. It's like the little tiny things that you just like, ugh, like death by a thousand cuts yeah. or life by... A thousand hugs. Um, I love a good hug. Oh, yes. I look at that. I look at how it's hurt them. And a lot of the times I'm thinking or I'm seeing what I feel is fear-driven decisions. Mm. And that, like, it's really, really painful to see that. Yeah. Because I start seeing... The way that men that I know might talk about other women. Yeah. And I will call myself out all the time. I, I definitely, at a point, made some Megan Thee Stallion jokes. And it was a thing to where in my mind, I was like, no, nah, I'm making like, I'm laughing at this shitty situation. Mm. And then my partner, she very much was like, no, you, you out of pocket. You're mm-hmm. laughing at this. And I don't know why it took me so long to like connect the dot and that was another thing I was annoyed at. Cause I'm like, it's a joke. Like, blah, blah. And then I'm like, wait, yeah, if somebody said that shit about my sister, I would be like, oh, let's go. There it is. And then I'm like, oh, is. duh. Yeah. And I remember my partner, she had like sent me this thing I wrote on Medium about like just like appreciating black women. Yeah. And she was like, you said this, but then you made this joke. Ooh. And I'm like, Ooh, damn. Don't you love it when they come with receipts? It's like, yeah. <laughs> but I remember like the defensive part kicked in and then it went back to that place like why are you feeling defensive like this shit is true homie mm. and like yeah you know you're right like yeah i really got like yeah. i have nothing for that yeah and i remember when i made the conscious decision to go like i am going to do my best to be aware of how i'm speaking to and mm. at and about women in any space i am yeah the thing that i've noticed i would say in certain relationships i have with women is the anger that you feel that they they feel feel. Mm. and that 
is a thing that's been like really fascinating to hold. Yes. Because I think it was like a friend of mine, a partner at the time, and we were talking about something. Oh, we were talking about like the Watch the Throne concert. And I was saying how with the person I was with at the time, uh, she had like took off like her like shirt and just like gave it and start swinging it around. Oh, and I'm wow. like, yo, she gave it to me. And at one point in the like conversation, I looked at my partner and was like, yo, like, no, dude, I'm just telling you what happened. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm just telling the story how it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember she just like checked me like, hey, if you got to like say some misogynistic story, like how about not? Wow. And in my brain, I was like, well, I'm just telling the story. Yeah. And then again, it was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Because it still didn't dawn on me until then of like, oh, wait, this person at the time was acting this way because they were influenced by fucking patriarchy themselves. And that anger, that anger, I would say, especially with women that I know that have that awareness that's the thing that's been the biggest impact that I've noticed. Wow, yeah. And it's also been the most interesting for me to be aware of and hold because it's the thing to where I heard, I heard like some lady was like something about like, yeah, cause men ain't shit. And I remember a couple of people I was with dudes, they're like, what, what I ain't all man. And I'm like, well, duh. Yeah. And in my mind, I was quiet. And they were trying to like loop me into it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't bring me into this. Cause I'm comfortable in my skin to know I am shit. So oh. I ain't got nothing to say to y'all. I have no peace. <laughs> in it. I'm not taking this personal. One, I think what's fascinating is I think that if more people could hold space for our pain, we wouldn't be as angry. But because when we do feel pain about all of this, we're told that's just the way it is. We're told to get over it. We're told to know our role. We're told that our job is to support men and especially men of color, regardless of what they do or don't do to us. The Instagram influencer, I think her name is, she goes by Lynn Easy. Oh, she yeah. said something on her parking lot pimping, on her parking lot pimping this week shit. about Meg the Stallion. And she was like, y'all expect us. She said, I can't keep protecting black men at all costs when I'm one of the costs. And it feels like until our pain is truly understood, women of color are more likely to suffer from depression than any other demographic. And until that's understood, why? Why are we in so much pain? We're going to be angry. And that's, you know, Dr. King talked about the anger of riots and people losing their shit during the civil rights era because he said, we have been patient. Look here. We have been patient. We have tried to talk to you civilly. And how I've always described it is women have been out here having these conversations for ages. (laughs) For ages. And then all of a sudden, when we decided to make a campaign out of it, when Tarana Burke made Me Too, everyone got mad at us. Chill out. Why you got to put people on the stake? Why you got to burn them at the stake? I'm like, y'all burn witches? It was just people having epileptic listen, seizures. We just talking the truth that yeah. y'all didn't want to listen to when we tried to pull you into the corner office and say, yo, this dude did a thing. And then what happened? I got a paycheck and he got a promotion. Yeah. I got a paycheck and a walk out the door and he got a promotion and a bigger team around him. I personally don't understand and i'm not saying that y'all as women should do this 
I don't understand why y'all just really ain't burned everything down. <laughs> it's, listen, it's the same reason black people in this country and indigenous people in this country haven't burned shit down. Because what did I hear today? Oh, because we believe in God. Because Oof. this was a her in her song that she did over the pandemic after George Floyd's oh, murder. Oh, yeah. The little speech she makes in that song. She says, uh, y'all better be thankful we believe in God. Because we would burn this shit down. I mean, even then, I'm like... <laughs> we ain't trying to go to hell the way that some of these uh other folks are i mean apparently as far as i know about a lot of these religions you just gotta repent <laughs> it just or like- listen yo in hinduism it's all about you gotta play the role that you were put here to play That's, and for I'm, some of us the role is warrior yeah some people that means got, some people gonna get killed some some shit gotta burn look at there like, ain't all parts of my religion that are bad yeah, like i just i Told somebody this country was made by criminals. It was. Like, what do you mean? Criminals like, and murderers. Like, yo, they literally like terrorists broke the law. This like, country was made by terrorists. Yeah, like the king was like, yo, go get them boys for exactly. me because they're not listening. Yes, yeah, hearing those impact is interesting. With this, is that every impact that I am aware of, yeah. I immediately think of you and as a woman of like, oh, you getting all of the maybe worst part of it mm-hmm. like okay yeah me as a dude i'm like oh yeah it's hard to connect <laughs> with other dudes but then it's like motherfucker i gotta deal with the dudes you can't connect with <laughs> when they come back around and then they spew and they it's like oh my god that's the thing it's not i think in the like best form of the world it wouldn't be a competition if we all just understood that it's not about anyone having more power than the other anyway yeah I think that's where like the carrot dangling happens. That's where I think I feel more comfortable saying, especially with men, ego happening. Mm. And then now the like new thing that I'm learning about the like shadow self. Yes. I think because of patriarchy and knowing that there was these things in me that did not or don't adhere to like these societal agreements that have been made. Mm. So I got, I used to suppress those things. Yeah. I think that to me, is maybe the scariest part of it all. Wait, say more. So because I know so many other men that, like, if I catch them one-on-one mm. and we start talking, yeah, I can get them to open up. Yeah, I feel like I can probably get most people to open up, but it's like we end up having these crazy beautiful conversations. Yeah. But then when we get back in that group, I can see them looking at me now like, damn, is he going to call me out because I did share this? Or, wow. And it's like because that shadow self, like you haven't bonded with that. Yeah. Like that traumatic kid or that kid that's dealt with trauma and things like that. Yeah. Like you don't have the language as well. Yeah. You haven't been given the tools. And then, but you know it exists. Yeah. And I think if more of us are able to bond with those things mm-hmm. and accept those things yeah especially as men i think that would lead to a massive amount of just positive change yeah and not running from because what i'm also hearing is there's guilt and there's shame oh Um, yeah and not running from the things that you might feel guilty about or ashamed of because every single one of us walking around has something multiple things that we're ashamed of and that we feel guilty about and can that actually be something that we like you said embrace and accept and not let it make us feel like we're, I don't know, not good enough. Yeah. Right. It's always like this binary, this or that, right or wrong, good yeah. or bad. And that like shame 
Uh, I remember talking to like my previous partner a bit ago, and I remember using the word shame. Like, I feel ashamed because I didn't recognize how much like my mental health was just in the shithole, mm. and like how that then affected how I would show up, yeah, or in, like react or yeah. anything like that. And then I think it was maybe a week or so ago. It's like, no, I'm not gonna feel any shame about no. this, like. Because look at you now. You're actually crawling out of that hole. Yeah. And you're giving yourself. That's where I'm always like the people that I love so much who I know just feel so guilty about some shit they've done. I just want to grab them by the shoulders and shake them and be like, if you took the energy that it takes you Mm -hmm. to sit in guilt and instead just learn and figure out what you need to do to not repeat that behavior and shit, even if you do repeat it, just pay attention to what. The little things what are were the like yeah. tripped wires <laughs> yeah. so that every time you do it, you do it just a little bit better. Yes. Like imagine if this is how, you know, I'm a nerd. Cause I got a reference for everything. <laughs> Growth mindset became a thing, right? This mm-hmm. woman, Carol Dweck back in the, back in the 2013s and 14s. <laughs> like, so got that long ago. Like, Oh my God. It was a thing that people got really excited about this idea of growth mindset and what it does for the development of our brains. If we can learn to take our missteps Mm -hmm. as learning opportunities. I'm a huge fan of that. And most of the time it's not even coming from a place of like, not, I guess we'll say like intentionally or consciously like, Oh, I want to be better or I'm just like, hell no, I don't want to go through that again. Right. (laughs) Same, same. I'm like, Like we're not doing that one again. Can I please not repeat this pain? Cause it is too much. Yeah. I'm like, you gotta keep it. You gotta keep that one. I'm not a fan. Um, So we're going to not do that one again. That that shit does not help. What was the last question? Uh, It was, how does this apply to our heartbreaks? Which I think could be a segue into our, next conversation potentially or not how does patriarchy matter your specific heartbreak because i think that we didn't say this at the top but we both i think we've been friends for a while we've been friends since like 2019 i think is when i first met you no it had to be before then no, it was 2019. I don't remember. Because I just so. moved back to LA in 2018. I remember when we met. I don't remember when. So. <laughs> I think it was, it was 2019. I just oh, yeah, you all did say that you, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, you know, we've lived our lives and there was COVID and all that other nonsense. Oh, shit. I think what brought us together in the last few months is our heartbreak that we went through. That's the milk that's gone bad. That's, that's the milk that's gone bad. But I think more than the heartbreak, it was both of our desires to figure out how to move through it differently than yes. in the past, perhaps. And so, yeah, I mean, I think you've said it really beautifully. I think the patriarchy has impacted me during this heartbreak specifically in that I feel like the person I was with did not and perhaps still does not know how to work through his feelings and communicate those. I feel like a lot of the work that I've tried to do over the last few years is to hold a steadiness about me when I do get emotional. And I think I, I won't say I failed. I didn't do it as well as I would have liked to this time with this heartbreak. I think I did as best as I could. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's my learning of how to do it better next time is to better identify and articulate my emotions, even mm-hmm. though I did it 10 times better than the last relationship I was in. Look at it. Improvements. <laughs> Improvements. Yeah. And 
we've talked about this a little, but like the expectation that a relationship needs to be a certain way. The the normal of like a man should be this, a woman should be this. I really, really wanted to enter this last relationship thinking and believing that he and I could have designed anything we wanted to. And I kind of forgot about that as my like anxiety took over. And Mm -hmm. he, he, I think is just not experienced enough to even know that we could design it to be whatever we want it to be. I don't know. Uh, Maybe I feel like I'm trying to think of the right terms. Man, fuck that. I feel like straight people yeah. struggle with that. Yeah. Because most of the, one of my like sisters to me, Brandy, if you hear this, Brandy, I love you, girl. She has this phrase where she will say like, I like to live a couture life. Yes. And like that shit always hits me. I'm like, damn, that sounds dope. I want to live a couture <laughs> like, life. Sure. And learning about being autistic and on the spectrum, that then immediately i'm like i want to read and learn That's everything to our life yeah it, it is now i'm like oh shit <laughs> motherfucker That's like, some designer level like, shit look therapy. here i get to make my own uh <laughs> and like in doing so much research and reading and going well virtually going to well, i went to one session group whatever they call them i don't know mm-hmm. and meeting people who are like from the lgbtq and any other thing i missed plus there we go community those were the folks or say like the queer people that completely understand this like oh you can make this shit what you want yeah and that was again another thing that like patriarchy yeah. it's just like man woman this that That's and right. i'm like motherfuck this whole time right. they had the cheat codes the <laughs> like and because i was told this shit i never even once looked at yeah. their lifestyle or anything like that yeah. and yeah that like is they've a been thing. living beyond the binary for oh ever. man they could, oh fucking hey yeah so this notion that like a relationship has to be this, this, and this. Otherwise, it's wrong and bad, or you're failing is nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. It's so angering. <laughs> like it's, yeah. No, my new word is annoying. It's so annoying to look back with the hindsight of like, <laughs> you mean this whole fucking time. I could have just said, hey, I like you. I'm attracted to you. What if we did this? What do you think about that? Yeah. And then they go like, okay, I'm cool with that. Well, yeah. let's do this instead. And I'm like, oh, fucking A, yo. And it just boils down to dun, 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 communication. Oh, Lord. That shit <laughs> right there. We've never been taught. Yeah. And yeah, you were never taught that. And it, Western therapy will have you thinking that as long as you're looking out for you, you're good. Yo, that's the, oh my God, yes. Um, I had said to someone, like, I didn't realize that I do bear some responsibility for your well-being. Mm-hmm. And that's what a relationship is. The person was like, well, I didn't ask you to. And I'm like, that's the point. Like, yeah. Because I'm going to impact you. And as much as you're responsible for your own feelings, yeah. I still it'll bear some responsibility in how I show up that's that right. then impacts you because this energy is going to transfer to you. Yes. So that's a thing that, yeah, yeah, for me, I've learned a great deal in understanding that like energy is real. Yeah. Like, this shit is mad real. It's it's just totally real. somebody feeling mad and you sit next to him, you're like, oh shit, you feel it. Oh, you don't even God, need to yes. see them. Yes. If there's somebody's jovial or something you or feel it. kind or 
yeah. open or shut down. Yep. You feel that shit. You feel it all. So it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, no, we do bear responsibility with each other. And that's really funny you said that because my therapist I've worked with, she's fucking amazing. And she did say something along the lines of like, because I had to say, I was like, yeah, like, I think I get annoying people like I'm not responsible for your feelings. Like, not all of them. No. But you bear responsibility in what you did that could have like yes. made me have this reaction. That's right. Even if I didn't react that way or not. And she was like, well, I can agree with you to a certain extent. And when hearing it and then reading, I read some other article from a lady in, I want to say Mexico. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember her name, but she's married to an autistic man. Mm-hmm. And they only got married for like legal reasons. Okay. And she said there was a point in their relationship where she would be get really defensive because she's like, I couldn't understand. Like, I would ask him, how do I look in this? Do I look fat? And he would just be like, yeah. And she's <laughs> like, he was just being honest. Yeah. And she was like, I took it so personal yeah. and we get so mad. And I think it was her sister. I think her sister was a psychotherapist. I don't know all these terms. Right. But her sister's like, Ask him if he's on the spectrum. She's yeah. like, well, I don't know anything about that. Yada, yada, yada. Some, 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 Barack Obama. And <laughs> she hits a point to where she does ask him and they work together to find this out. Yeah. Uh, and this is when they were like teenagers and they've been together for a really long time. Yeah. And she said it wasn't until she started doing more research and she started learning about this that she was like, he was actually giving me the best gift. Mm, honesty. honesty. He's like, he's Amen. never, she's like, I can't think of a time where he's ever lied to Amen. me. He does not comprehend or perceive like these weird undertones when she's like, he's able to pick up that I already think this about me. Yes. And like, I'm asking you this question and it's a yes or no question. So I'm going to give you the answer. And like, you're getting mad at me now for giving you the answer because it's not the one you didn't want to hear. Right. And it was a really, really interesting thing to see. And I think I'll say with my heartbreak, I was very, very aware of previous instances to where one, it didn't, it didn't hit me this way. Yeah. It didn't hit me remotely this much. Mm. So that made me think of like, oh, wow, this person really matters to me. Mm. And then working with that, it became this really, really huge thing where I had to confront this fear of being abandoned. Amen. So then it was just like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh, shit. You told me this and this was happening, but then this is where we're at. And then I know me, my sense of loyalty is if you saying we rocking together, then we rocking. I'm like, yeah. all right, bet. That's yeah. it. And looking at all those things, I think I like actually wrote them out on like my whiteboard. And it's like, I love it. It's like, okay, you feeling this, you feeling this, this, you feeling this. And then I looked at it and God. I remember going, please do not do a thing that you know would hurt other people. Like it immediately, I thought of like the people that care about me. Yeah. And it made me go like, okay, you have to figure out a way to like honor the care and love they have for you. Oh, Because as someone in the past, I guess like trigger warning has attempted suicide. It was a thing to where, and also there were so many things happening to that. It was like the one year anniversary of my uh, adopted dad dying. My best friend, my brother, I knew since, I don't know, it was like five or six Sam, 
he died maybe like the week before. Yeah. So it was just like all this stuff was just there, like all this form of grief. And then we break up. Right. And I'm just like, oh my God, like what else? And then the three of maybe like five people that I would immediately go to, to talk to about anything, they're all gone now. Mm. So it was just like this immediate feeling of like, oh, I'm abandoned. Yeah. I'm at this place again. And I think I said it like there was never a worry of like, oh, you can meet someone or who knows how this goes sure, with this person. Sure. It's like I was never concerned about that. It was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, who do I go to? Who do I yeah. have? Yeah. And writing that out and seeing that it's like, OK, you can't do something that's based. You can't have an anger reaction. Like you you have to figure out some kind of way. Yeah. So I was like, OK, you can like fucking just make voice memos, write stuff down and. Yeah, I was at a really, really, really low point. Yeah, I think you and I similar had were in similar places where I've had a lot of loss this year, and the loss of this relationship it just was like the feeling of abandonment was so great because I was just like, who else can I lose now? Mm-hmm. Like it's and it was just crazy because I still I was literally having that feeling surrounded by family, you know, my cousin and her children and. That's the annoying part. It's so irrational. That's, that's the annoying part. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, um, fuck, I know this ain't make no sense, but it damn makes it. makes no sense. But I think that's, the. I think a good segue, maybe I'll finish your thought, but it's a good segue into the next episode about attachment styles and Them shits. the responsibility we have to ourselves and to other people in how we show up, how well we know ourselves and then how we yeah. can ask those to show up for us. Because I think you and I both, experienced something similar in that things were said in terms of what we thought were agreements on how other people would show up for us, specifically the people we were with and they, they didn't. Yeah. And how that contributes to heightened and deeper feelings of abandonment. Yeah. And then it's, I will say the thing that with, when I think of patriarchy and how it's like affecting me with this is that it's the target for me. Fascinating. I'm like, Oh, I'm coming for your ass. That's the enemy now. I'm like, I am so, I am on your head. Amazing. This is why we get along so well. <laughs> because yeah, it's like a thing where I'm like, okay. Shared enemy. We have a common enemy. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> wait, hold up. This shit was there the whole time. This was the root. This was yeah. the weed that, yeah. that was there. Yeah. All right, bet. Yeah. Like, I see how it affected me. Yeah. I see how it affected <laughs> them. And it's like, okay, cool. At bare minimum, I just think now having that awareness and then the target, Yeah. I am able to when i get a goal i know me i'm like oh i'm not stopping you've leapfrogged me in many ways in just like your healing journey over the past couple i'm like look here i'm learning from you (laughs) i'm just doing shit i'm just like fuck it just do it i love it i'm like it can't get no worse so i love it my artist side is always like i don't know how to organize these things for myself i could do it for other people so watching you organize your thinking has actually been really helpful for me. I'm glad it can help. I keep going. My body never lies. My mind does. Mm. So let me do everything I can to stay in tune with my body Mm. and build tools to be aware of how my mind works. I love it. And that has been the thing that I think is like help. That little mantra has helped so much of like, all right, hold on. The minute I'm having a knowing ass thought, I just start breathing. I'm like, yeah. wait, hold on. Let me focus on my breathing really quick. Yeah. And just breaking that connection alone That's great. has helped tremendously. That's amazing. But it's the thing where 
You got to do it every day. Every damn day. As you say, it's annoying. It's annoying. It is mad annoying. Okay, folks. This was good. That was really good. a good, good. hour or however long it was. In. This is the first. Hopefully someone will listen to it. So Mad people will listen to it. <laughs> Let us hit, know what you think. You'll hit some people in the fields. And then they'll be like, damn. And then they're going to eventually come to the light and be like, yeah, I ain't trying to be out here yeah. in this. It'll be great. I'm really excited now for our next conversation about attachment styles. Attachments. Everybody get attached. Okay, person, if you're listening, I love you. I don't even know you probably, but I love you still. <laughs> Hopefully you have a great time. That's my new one now. Instead of like, good day. I'm like, I don't know what time it have is. Have a good life. Have a good time. <laughs> have a great time. 